How's everybody doing? My name is Sina Palavon, and welcome back to another week of the Talk Too Much podcast. But this isn't just another week. This is the last week of 2021, my friends. I don't know what y'all did this year, but I hope you guys left it all out on the line. I hope you guys grinded all year, and I hope you guys didn't settle for anything. I hope you guys went nitro mode. Um, because 2022 is going to be one of the biggest years in human history, in my opinion. It's the year where how NFTs were prevalent in this last year, in 2021. I do believe in the next year or two years, play to earn becomes just as prevalent. Um, I think that if you're in Web3, this is there's a lot of big, there's a big tidal wave coming. Let's just say that. And so to end 2021, I really hope you guys got it in. And I hope you guys take whatever day or two you need to meditate because the moment the clock hits 12, 99% of you guys will probably be drunk and messed up, but I'm going in. I'm so locked in. I'm ready for 2022. I think this is going to be one of the most impactful years of my life, of everybody's life, and, and I'm ready to take it on 10x head on. Um, with that being said, sorry for the little bit of a rant. Uh, it, it, it's such a it's such a weird uh, way to end the year. This has been the most impactful year of my life, and my guest for the week was the president of Vayner NFT, Miss Avery Akineni. Um, Vayner NFT is, for many of you that don't know, is Gary V's uh, NFT consultant slash development agency. Uh, they are the leading NFT development agency in the world, in my opinion. They build out NFT projects for Fortune 500 companies. They've worked with Pepsi, like Nastia, which is, who's one of the biggest YouTube influencers, uh, Budweiser, Robert Mondavi, uh, Bojangles, the US Open. They've released quite a bit of collections throughout this year and for me uh, I've always been studying them from afar because I do what they do I develop nft projects for big brands um, and I, I want to learn from them I want to get to that level one day so for me this interview was very very important and I also really enjoy talking to miss Avery she's a very very easy to talk to and very open and one thing I notice about her is they're always willing to give out their game and they're always at NFT NYC, I said this story on on the show, so I won't say now. But I just I was looking at Vayner and how they move and operate, and they're they're such pro, they hold such a professional standard, and they all move in the same way. Throughout this episode, you guys will realize that Vayner NFT has a long term strategy for integrating these big brands into the space. Uh, they're not just here to create cash grabs; they're here to create long term strategies and to earn the trust, have these big brands earn the trust of Web3 native people. And to me, that's why they're going to succeed. Um, this was truly one of my favorite interviews. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. The graph is an indexing protocol used to query data from blockchains, player to player networks, or just storage networks like IPFS. Why is the graph so important? No application can be built upon these networks without the graph. Think about how long it would take to find one piece of data without the graph. The graph lets you index any blockchain, any storage network, any player-to-player -player network, and grab whatever piece of data you need to build the application you're building. The graph also makes data an open market. You can signal your favorite subgraphs on the graph's decentralized network to earn more GRT. That's right, data is an open market. You can earn more GRT by picking the right subgraphs. The graph also has the subgraph studio, where you can actually create your own subgraph and publish it on the graph's decentralized network. This means other indexers can come in and signal on your subgraph. Connect your wallet to the graph's website and start signaling other subgraphs or publish your own subgraph today to earn more GRT. Developers, 
crypto investors, NFT collectors. Wherever you find yourself on the Web3 spectrum, the graph is without a doubt one of the most vital protocols to your niche's success. Web3 marks the ushering in of a new technological era. What this means is that all data is stored and processed on open networks with verifiable integrity. And the graph makes all this data accessible to you in a fast, easy, and secure manner. Visit thegraph.com or check out any of their social media pages to find out how you can play a role in their ecosystem. So, Miss Avery, thank you so much for doing this for me. I'm actually, this is the inter- one of the interviews I'm most excited for because to me, you're one of the most influential women in the space, as well as someone I look up to as an NFT developer. So for many of you that don't know, Miss Avery is the president at Vayner NFT. And I'm going to start this off by asking you, how was, from your perspective, how was your 2021 as the president of Vayner NFT when you started this job? Did you expect this year to go as it did? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, 2021 was a really exciting year for us. It's the year we launched Vayner NFT, and it's been such a pleasure to be on this awesome wave of NFTs. And, you know, I started my NFT journey late last year, but really I'm very much a student of what's happening in this world. There's, you know, new things we're learning every single day. And um, one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of um, is over the past, you know, seven or eight months, the team that we've put together at Vayner NFT and seeing everybody come together to launch new cool projects has really been the highlight of my year. No, honestly, from from an outsider perspective, because I'll, I'll be very straightforward. I literally study you guys and how you move. And I try to incorporate a lot of it into for my boss. And I, I've, I'm, I was at, at NFT NYC. I was just watching you guys from like afar. And I remember I saw you and Gary and I was watching, it was Gary's keynote speech and I was a couple friends and this moment had such an impact on me. You're going to find this weird, but you just got up and you started walking. It was Gary's speech and you two got up and you started walking so fast and everybody was like <laughs> asking you guys stuff like, Hey, 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 you guys were just like savages. You just started walking, moving fast. And I just like noticed though, your team, like your whole team moves the same way. It's like you guys are all the same person and it's like such a professional standard. So I can definitely attest that you, the way you guys uh, move and operate is definitely uh, a joy to watch. What thank you would so much. You... That really means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. No, because I, I as, as someone that's trying to get to that level, that's something I take notice of. But I want to get into the Project Spain or NFT release because that's something that I was very uh, interested in. Uh, so you guys released a couple of big projects this year. Pepsi, Budweiser, um, like Nastia, is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and Robert Mondavi. Um, am I missing any others? Um, we did Coach. We did US Open. Oh, yeah, um, we US did Jingles. Um, we did a bunch of different uh, projects on top of those ones. But yeah, some, some of the ones that we were pumped about. David Drebin. Um, yeah, a lot. So let's start off with this. How do you, because the part that excites me the most about NFTs more than anything is building projects for key brands. That mm-hmm. to me is the biggest thing, but I've noticed a lot recently that people uh, in the NFT space have such a willingness to like FUD big brands without even judging them. So uh, as someone who kind of shares your perspective, what do you think about building brands for uh, building projects for these bigger brands? And do you think it's good for the space? Yeah, no, I think overall it is very good for the space. And I think it's, um, as we look to welcome in the next billion users to NFTs, um, we're going to need brands. We're going to need, um, sort of uh, mainstream figures to bring in mass adoption to NFTs. With that said, I think there's definitely a right way to go about it. And I also have a lot of empathy for, um, you know, feedback that, that big brands get when they're launching um, their first 
of our NFT programs. Because I think right now it's a small community. It's a really dedicated community who's really built something out of nothing. And like the world of Web3 um, has uh, a tight-knit community of folks who've like kind of built this together and they want to welcome in new people, but they also want to make sure that um, their ways and their customs are, are appreciated and accepted. So I'll say that I think some of the projects that have been like the best received and have received like the, you know, least amount of, of um, feedback would be those that have really leaned into partnerships. And I think that's going to be something you see a lot um, from us in 2022. So when, you know, we, we did a really cool partnership and activation with Tom Sachs where we, you know, Budweiser bought a rocket and they bought the beer.eth domain. And we had a lot of community appreciation for that because it was like really a strong nod to like what the community is all about. Like, you know, ENS and, you know, Tom Sachs is also a contemporary artist who is, he was a a famous artist before NFTs, um, but he was very well um, received because of the way he was like, did something really cool and innovative. Um, So I think that's, that's a, um, a really important learning for us is that's a million percent the right way to go about it. Um, and you'll see a lot more sort of partnership driven activations from us in 2022, but all that said, um, you're right that, that some people will always have feedback on things that are new. Um, if you, I don't know if you might be too young to remember this, but when brands first were coming to social media, it was a lot of the same stuff. It was like, Oh, gross. Campbell's soup has a Twitter page. And now, you know, it's kind of like everybody's there. Everybody's there. We have saw the same thing with TikTok, right? Brands coming to TikTok, like, Oh, great. It's like your mom being on Facebook. Um, now it's and Google. Exactly, right? So it gets to this place of like mass adoption. Um, and that means it should be a place for everybody. So you said something very interesting there. And I want to touch on this because I feel like a lot of people trying to develop projects in this space um, are a little confused. And I want to clarify something on kind of the execution strategy at Vayner. So you yep. said a key part of the execution is partnerships. Yeah. Would you say that um, when building out a project, would you say that a, a developer should lean into establishing partnerships more or on web two marketing strategies um, like paid ads and organic content? Maybe a mixture of both, but I'm saying let's assume that one or the other is more important. What would you choose? Yeah, it's interesting. Paid ads. We haven't done any paid ads for any of our NFT projects um, to date. I don't think we, um, I don't think that would be the right Consider that? Did you consider um, that at the beginning? Like, were you like, on- you them? Honestly, it's funny. No, um, it hasn't been part of our strategy at all to do paid ads. We do a lot of organic, I would call it organic content, but that's more communicating with the objective of bringing fans and followers into the world of web three versus like, I don't think a paid ad would really work for like an NFT audience. Um, so I think it's more in the direction of like content creation. We a million percent believe in. And if you look at any of of the programs we've done, you look at Gary's content, you even look at our own Twitter. We put out a lot of shit, um, like a lot of good shit, um, mm-hmm. a lot of content, a lot of engagement. We like to hear from our our community of what they like, what they don't like. We get their feedback on, you know, they want more PO apps, they want more Twitter spaces, they like this, they like that. Um, so I think we're very leaned in on the content creation with the objective of education and bringing more people in, not leaned in at all on the paid ad side, um, as at least as of yet. Um, and, uh, I think that sort of, there can be strategic uses of web to marketing channels. Like for example, if you're a brand who has 10 million users on your email list, you should give those people who are your fans early access to your NFT drop, because those are, 
people who already like your brand and they maybe that's an opportunity to bring them into nfts but not uh, we're not in the direction of paid ads um i actually uh, and i, I think, was thinking the same thing just because like these web3 buyers are much harder to learn you can't just repeat a message and throw them no. down a funnel you know what i mean um i was going to ask you something else i've noticed a pattern in vayner nfts drops where you guys will split apart the drop and like or do you you won't do a 10k drop you'll do a 2k 3k drop and I feel, felt like it was very strategic and you're trying to analyze the market for your brands. Um, what is the reasoning in you guys kind of doing smaller drops for Pepsi for these bigger brands? Is it from a strategic standpoint? Yeah, it is. Um, so one, I think some of what we saw this year with Pepsi and Bud were Genesis drops. We wanted to make them limited and scarce. Mm-hmm. I think one of the like most interesting things about NFTs is like digital like digital asset scarcity. And there's only, you know, only 893 or only 1936. It's a very small number um, compared to the total number of people who want one, which I can tell you was nearly a million. Um, yeah. And that was, that was intentional because we wanted to have the Genesis drop be small. What you'll see coming in the future is much larger and much more scaled, but also the um, sort of price point is going to come like way down. Although Pepsi was actually free. Um, so it's a free drop. And, and I think, uh, to your point earlier on, on some FUD that happens, it's like a lot, you know, I read Twitter comments like, oh, this is a cash grab. And we're like, it's free and with a 0% royalty. So how would that be a cash grab? (laughs) Um, But I I think that's like an important thing that's, you know, savvy buyers and savvy. Did you say that publicly? Did you say that? I didn't, but um, I think that's actually, it's funny because other people, other people will like chime in and be like, guys, it's free. And it was 0%, it's 0% royalties. How is that a cash grab? Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, we know that any project that we're putting out, um, is very much not designed to be a cash grab. I think brands at this point are really looking at NFTs as a way to like build community, to learn about web three, less so than sort of direct commercialization. You'll notice Budweiser also has 0% royalties. I think right now, and right now, um, a lot of our partners are in the space of wanting to listen, learn, participate versus commercialize. Um, and then on you know, not to name any names, we'll also see like big brands do like very high royalty percentages and they, they sometimes do get, um, negative feedback for that, which I don't think is right either. Um, if they're creating a product and a market that's interested in what they have to buy, um, they're not forcing anybody to buy it. Um, there's a reason that people have traded, uh, thousands of ETH on these projects is because they want them. So I get this. I'm starting to see. So, so you guys kind of, you're using these big brands. You're not just throwing them into the space and releasing huge bro- projects. You're actually trying to earn their audience's trust long-term first. Yeah. That exactly. I've noticed that. Like you're actually, you want the NFT community to be like, yo, Pepsi's a good player in the space in a couple of years. Exactly. And we don't want to be like, hey, we launched a hundred thousand and you sold them for like three grand each. We don't want to do that. We And we want to make sure there's like a, you know, start small and then build because these, um, these are brands that have, billions of consumers um and we want to start small and kind of build up something that's a little bit more mainstream um as the market develops so that's that's kind of our strategy um as of yet and to circle back to your other question around um partnerships a million percent we're all about partnerships and we've worked with so many incredible partners in this world of um, web3 and nfts everyone from the good folks at on cyber to poap which are more sort of like free solutions to marketplaces like Nifty Gateway or Maker's Place or 
OpenSea or developers like the guys at Nameless or Way2Digital or Manifold or, you know what I mean? Like there's such a wide variety of partners in this space, all of whom are doing awesome stuff. And our objective at Vayner NFT is to put together the right partners to make something amazing happen, less so than to, you know, execute it all and to end ourselves. Because we really view our, our role and specialty as being like consultants who can help um, be the tide that lifts all boats and, and sort of help everybody win in this space. I kind of just realized what you guys are doing. Like I, you kind of just opened my eyes. Like it's so much more methodical, like at face value, everybody just sees like a project release, but now I'm starting to see like, like the thinking on the back end of slowly integrating them in the space. So another thing I noticed about Vayner and something I've taken, I really like is you guys use Bitski. And to me, that's yeah, something that, yeah, wait, say that again. I said, yeah, we've done a few things with Bitski. Do you like the platform? It sounds to me, it seems like a kind of like a Shopify for NFT for NFT websites in a way, do you find that platform useful and effective? Or do you think that people should build their own websites? Yeah, you know, I think it's like a not a one size fits all thing. I think Bitski makes it really easy for anyone to create an NFT platform. And we've done a few projects with Bitski that I think have gone very well and have been very well received. Um, one, I'll talk about another brand example, which was American Eagle. They actually also wanted to do something that didn't have a high consumer cost. Um, so we did, I think it wasn't free. It was a dollar, but yeah, the NFTs were a dollar. Um, and they, we partnered with these artists to design these really cool, um, pieces of digital art, which also there's like a physical version of it, which is a patch and each NFT holder could redeem it for a gift card and a patch um, for American Eagle, which is pretty cool. Um, it was basically a way for them to engage their customers and to understand like our NFTs interesting for them. And for American Eagle, they weren't at the place of like wanting to have crypto or a wallet yet, but they knew they wanted to learn about this space and Bitski was a perfect solution. Um, Bitski makes it easy for anyone to um, create an, you know, an e-commerce like NFT marketplace. And and we really like Donnie and, and his team there. We also did the U.S. Open drop with them. I think that was, you know, really well executed um, and had a couple of different interesting, like, first evers. Um, so, yeah, we, we really enjoyed working with the Bitsky team. And we'll probably work with them again. Now that you guys have had all these projects under your belt, typically the more I feel like, uh, have you reached a point where you guys are more exclusive or you have a certain niche of of fortune 500 companies you want to work with, or do you want to work with just the top of the top? We want to work with everybody. Um, I think from a prioritization standpoint, there's kind of like four areas where I see um, Vayner NFT being, um, being able to help the market. One is with brands. We have a lot of experience with this and a lot of partners in that space. Two is with um, talent. So athletes, artists, traditional celebrities, and we've done a bunch of stuff there. Some a little more behind the scenes, some a little bit more forward facing. Um, I think the third bucket being, um, entertainment, um, we're going to, you're going to see us do more in this space, but sort of like traditional license IP coming to the world of NFTs is going to be a focus for us in 2022. And then the fourth bucket being platforms. So we work, um, with Coinbase on helping them launch their platform, like for, you know, bringing on board amazing artists. And, and those are kind of our four things. So it's brands, it's talent, it's, um, entertainment and it's platforms, um, and you know, what we do is we either do sort of consultation education, we manage, we bring together custom programs, um, do sort of full on drops, full on, like kind of longer term NFT activations, and, uh, also help with like web free consulting, like getting people's wallets set up and doing all of that, uh, which is, has been really fun for us just to work, walk all these awesome groups of people through this. I was just on the phone before I jumped on with you with one of the, um, 
premier kind of like ski resorts in the world and they want to do an NFT platform. And the first thing is like, okay, great. You have to get set up to take crypto. This is how you do it. And it's, um, we've been very fortunate to be uh, the recipient of a lot of demand from awesome folks who, who want to learn. Honestly, you said something very interesting there. And you said that a big, a primary focus for Vayner NFT is bringing traditional IP licenses into um, the, this world. I'm, one thing about me is I'm a, an anime geek. So like I saw Naruto IPs. I don't know if you know what Naruto is, but it's an anime. Their yeah. IPs, their IPs coming into uh, NFTs. Do you think, because I think that right there could be the actual bridge. I think that the people, you know, someone said this to me like two weeks ago. He said, during a gold rush, there's two people that succeed. The people with the gold and the people with the picks and shovels. And I feel, I feel like um, when you said the traditional IP coming in, I think that's you guys having all the picks and shovels and getting ready to give it to them in a way, in a metaphoric way. Do you believe that that is the key factor for the NFT space to like go full, become fully adopted is uh, integrating these traditional IPs into the space in a genuine, authentic way? You know, I think that it can be. It's not the only thing. Um, I think there's a balance, right? It's like, one, you want to do something that's genuine and authentic and like NFT native. I think a really good example is how many people Top Shot, like their two Top Shot has sort of brought it into like NFT ownership. So, I mean, there are millions of people who use, um, who are using Top Shot on a monthly basis, which is pretty incredible. Um, they're, that's a slightly different audience than the like power buyers on OpenSea, but I think it's, it's interesting um, to, to think about it like that. I think uh, anything that has a cult following in the real world, being able to translate that into NFTs and bring the community into the world of NFTs is going to work. And I think we're going to see a lot of this happening. You see folks like Recur, you see folks like Dapper, you see um, other sort of big uh, entertainment owners, Candy, getting in here um, and bringing this like sort of traditional memorabilia, traditional sports collectibles, traditional entertainment collectibles into this new world. Um, and I think it's uh, the objective there should be really like mass adoption and bringing this technology and, and concept of digital ownership to a much wider audience. What do you see? I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. And I, to piggyback off of that kind of, what do you see this space like transitioning into into 2022 you said that you guys are focused on traditional uh ip myself um i really am focused on play to earn that's my what i like Love what it. do you see as a um a big trend in the nft space in 2022 and what would you say how will vayner execute on that i think play to earn is a big one actually um and a better understanding i think this year like a lot of folks were understanding nfts for the first time in 2022, we might see like further developments of Web3. And, and one of the um, strategy leaders on my team was talk, we were chatting, we chatting about this yesterday. It's like, there's so much beyond this, like from DeFi, staking, like understanding how a lot of this like backend infrastructure works. Um, it goes a little bit beyond just NFTs that I think will be um, a big focus for us in um in 2022 as well. Um, everything from like how do companies really like broker crypto? How do they hold it? How do they store it? How do they like make money off it potentially? Um is, is something that I think will be uh, really interesting for us to go beyond just kind of like this, our singular focus in, in 21 was NFTs. And I think in 22, that'll broaden out a bit to Web3. I read something from NFT now yesterday that like searches for Web3 are like, you know, up 5 million percent. I think it's a bit of a buzzword. So this, you know, 2021 is the year of the word the word of the year was NFT, maybe 2022. It's Web3. I do feel like Elon Musk kind of helped that out by by talking a little bit. Totally. Of but I was going to say something. You, one thing I actually, I'm a big fan of Wilder World, and I saw that Vayner NFT is actually involving itself with Wilder World. I think you guys 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What... We're set up in Miami or yeah. So what called. was what was your what was your strategy behind that? Because I believe that's going to be one of the biggest meta or virtual worlds. What was your strategy behind Wilder World? And why why are you guys so interested in Wilder World? Yeah, you know, similar to, to what I just said around partnerships, we're always exploring new ways we can do stuff with sandbox, essentially, and crypto voxels. And we had the chance to work with the Wilder World folks and really impressed with what they're building. We set up a little virtual Vayner NFT there and uh, excited to partner with them on, on their journey um, as well. So, you know, that kind of falls in the partnerships bucket for us. One thing I've known, that's actually really cool because that's something I was thinking about. I was building a, a, a building a podcast studio. I have some land in Sandbox and Somnium Space and I wanted to nice. do that. But I wanted to ask you this because um, I have two more questions for you because I, I don't want to keep you too long. But one thing I've noticed is the evolution of your brand, of the Vayner brand. And I'm talking when in April, when you guys debuted VFriends and Vayner NFT started, it was uh, an NFT 1.0 project. But as the NFT yeah. space has transitioned, I've noticed Gary V. I'm so, like, I've noticed him loving anime, loving, like looking at play to earn, looking at meta, like metaverses. Like I see his, like his eyes and I see the entire Good brand like, evolving. So I see you guys kind of adapting to the trends, like in real time, I'm seeing you guys pivot and adapt in a strategic way. Do you feel like starting with the book games in January, do you feel like play to earn? Um, I personally feel like it's, it's going to be harder to create a play to earn project. And that's an NFT 2.0 project than an NFT 1.0 project. Do you feel though, like um, starting with the book games that that's going to be the trend going forward for NFT projects, you're going to need a sort of play to earn mechanism? I don't think for every project. Um, I think for some projects, uh, games, play to earn is going to be really important. Um, and I think we'll see more integration with games. We will also see more integration with tokens. So just, um, you know, in the past few days, we've seen like uh, SOS and gas today. Um, I think we'll see a lot of that kind of thing coming in. Um, we're going to see a lot of the projects dropping their own coins. Um, and let's see, maybe that's something that we'll be doing too. Um, I think I appreciate you kind of following how we're moving and, and seeing how we adapt because I think- I sound like a like creep. Of, I sound like a no. creep, like a weirdo. I'm just like, the way I look at it is like, for me to get to that level, I need to pay, do my homework and pay attention. So I'm like meticulously trying to study you guys, Recur and any other team that comes up. Yeah, we're we're- we're trying to like learn all the time. Like just yesterday, I saw this like really nice co-op integration by Tropo Farmer on the mutant um, serum reveal. And I think being um, being adaptable and like being ready to learn is super important in this space because everybody's doing it for the first time. There's no blueprint. There's no like, hey, this is what you follow. And I think, you know, oftentimes we see projects that get stuck in this, like wanting to copy what someone else did. It's like, no, do your own thing, but you can like be inspired by so much, so much innovation. Um, that's like right out there in the open. And if you can move quickly and you can adapt, um, you too can kind of like ride this awesome wave. So that's been been really fun for us. And I think we've matured our thinking like so much over the past 12 months, you know, about a year ago. What do you, mean by, what do you of, mean by that? I just think our understanding of the NFT ecosystem is so much deeper. It's two things. One, our understanding of it. And two, the market itself has matured. Like even, you know, even since May, like board eight ten launched when friends launched um, it you know there's this market is moving really quickly and there's new industry standards being set um every single day and like a new better way um to do things that happens all the time and, and being ready to evolve and like leaned into that um i think is is the right um the right mindset you'll see the series two be friends a lot of the like kind of learnings from series one we can apply them to our next iteration 
because, you know, these projects are meant to go on in perpetuity, not just be something that's a one-time PR hit. No, Gary V even said it best. He said, what makes them a rookie Michael Jordan card is the best, the most expensive cards, the cards after that. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I was going to ask you one more, but I, a new question just popped up in my head. I really wanted to ask you this really quickly. Why, how did you, what success did you, do you feel like it was, it's an effective model to run a local collection like you guys did for Robert Mondavi, I believe? Did you guys, was it a local collection, I believe? Local meaning? Like uh, you launched it locally. Like it was a, was it, I, th I thought oh, I saw we did an like in-person event. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, we did an in-person event. So Robert Mondavi is a little bit of a, like a different program um, because that was inspired in like a very different way. Um, so there's a huge problem with wine fraud. So anyone who's like a fine wine collector would tell you like some really fancy bottles that were from like, you know, 40 years ago, there are more, so more sold every year than were ever in production. So there's this huge counterfeiting problem with fine wine. And that was actually the, the, um, factor that drove us into considering an NFT program for this is this sort of like, um, authentication and provenance, which can all be tracked in the blockchain. Um, and this program, there's a, like a very interesting um, utility because you get this, like the bottle, you get this amazing porcelain vessel, you get an incredible fine wine, you get this piece of generative art that has a very clear utility. Um, and uh, we decided to launch it actually at the Robert Mondavi Vineyards because they have this particular um, particular uh, vineyard that's called Tokalone that's like super highly regarded um, as like one of the top vineyards in all of Napa. So that's why we decided to, to launch it there with an in-person activation. That's something I've, I've, that's like bothering me. Like, it's like something on the inside that's like forcing me. It's like telling me you have to like organize more in real life events. Cause I noticed just how effective they are. You can't replicate in real life interactions, no matter how big that metaverse will get. I'm starting to realize that, that in real life is powerful. So to end the show, it I'm going to ask you one more question, Savory. If you had to give a bold prediction, if I had a conversation with you a year from now, where would you say Vayner NFT will be? Okay, so right now we're about 40 people and I'm doing my planning for 2022. <laughs> I think we're going to be 100 people and we're going to be turning in the year from now. I think we'll be moving in the direction of a global company. Everything we've done to date has been very sort of US centric just because we're starting small. We're starting um, where we can really oversee things. I think there's so much opportunity outside of the United States for NFT adoption um, in countries like Japan, um, in countries um, across Europe, in countries in Latin America, I'm in mean, Costa Rica right now. There's so much opportunity outside of the U.S. So I think my bold prediction would be, you know, in a year or two, Vayner NFT is a global company. I will definitely say Japan, in my opinion, is the goldmine of the NFT space because that is the low-key creators hub of anime that I think everybody should target. But I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Miss Avery, for doing this interview with me. I actually, to really quickly summarize my thoughts, I really enjoyed it. I've actually learned quite a bit. Um, I'm going to actually like study a little bit more, but I'm starting to realize that basically the developing these projects is more, there goes, there more goes on in the back end, and you have to be really strategic about it. And I'm starting to realize that patience is really key. I can't just rush to get there. Like I actually have to take my time and really develop these projects. So thank you so much for doing this with me. This episode will be out later today. I will bother you on Twitter for three days this week. I apologize in advance. Thank you. Thank you so much. I always love chatting to you and I hope everybody has a very happy new year.